We just have to get through this one. I think this episode has been cursing us. So it's what? It's been cursing us. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So just, All right, we got this. Okay. Okay. Today, sometime, whenever you listen to Rogue Quadrant, the sweet smell of charred flesh, great ballad material, love and lasers for life, two boxes mounted on a shaft, the secret. <laughs> You know, I was going to get somebody. What? Um, you didn't do the reading, Heath. Nope, I didn't. <laughs> I'm in for a treat. <laughs> Culinary success. A sentimental fool who deserves to die. And an oppressive sense of doom. Ooh, ominous. Yeah. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue Six, standing by. Rogue Seven, standing by. Rogue Three, standing back. Hello, glisteners. I bet you sure have missed Rogue Padron. Welcome to... Season whatever we're on, mission three. <laughs> season four, season four twenty, mission sixty-nine, I believe yep, is the it. count currently. How many oh, ep- sixty-nine episodes are we gonna have? So many. As, so many, as many as it takes. <laughs> I don't, but this I don't is, get it. Welcome to Rogue Padron, aka I Padron, <laughs> aka Dad Padron. And today we're gonna be doing chapters fourteen through twenty of I Jedi by Mike Stackpole. But quick reminder of your hosts. Oh my god, we need to do uh, an episode called I Hobrin, where we do uh, where we do a dramatic reading of the new I Hob menu. Okay. Oh my god. I'm here for that. I would really rather not. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds okay. like our name, I Hobrin. No. Get it? It would like we pod- would be cheating on we'd be cheating on Panera, and I'm not okay with that. You we that. totally went to Culver's last week, so. <laughs> Those you're are very guilty. different kinds of establishments. Look, okay. Wait, you're putting you're putting Panera and IHOP in the same category, <laughs> yeah. but separating Culver's from them? <laughs> yes. No, hang on. Sorry. We... <laughs> Just say oh. about half an hour. <laughs> is this is this going to be the fried chicken debate of this week? <laughs> no, but IHOP, you like sit down, you you get your menus, they come and get, bring you pancakes. Panera, you order at the the cash register, you get like fresh soups and. Sandwiches, it's not it's not even close. Okay, fine, whatever. They're they're all very different. None of them are actually the same. Okay. Well, if Danny Rogue says Rogue Rogue Six Rogue Who now? <laughs> Rogue Six. If he was a lawn decoration, he would be <laughs> No. Uh, yeah. No, I'm quitting the Padron. He would be a luxury bird bath and feeder because he just wants to bring all the birds to the yard. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> Definitely thought this was going in a different direction. <laughs> you my, my bird bath brings all the birds <laughs> to the yard. <laughs> uh, Saf Rogue 7 would be a koi pond with fake fish in it because it's all about aesthetic, but you can't actually take care of the fish. Oh. <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> Listen, she travels a lot. <laughs> Heath, Rogue 3 would be an inflatable pool, but for dogs only to cool off in. Yes. They get real hot. They do. It's, they have so much fur. I feel bad for puppers. And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would be a lawn gnome of Godzilla attacking the gnomes because I'm a Megzilla in real life. 
Where'd you get that idea from? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was a Forever Festival gift that you returned. (laughs) No, I would never return a gift. I would do that. Weird. First time hearing of it. I love how accurately you capture us in these things. Seriously. (laughs) I try. I do my best. Anyway, speaking of forever, I have a question about Solo A Star Wars Story, which felt like it took that long to get through. Do we have to? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and there's Heath's review. That was mine. (laughs) Meg, Saf, got anything to add? I'm mad about L3. That's basically my whole review of it is I'm mad about that. I'm I'm mad with you. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. Lando's best outfit was the last outfit. In oh, the absolutely. Picture. Hands down. And the okay. white cape. Hands down. The oh. only the <laughs> only really good part about Solo was Lando dictating his memoirs. <laughs> I was like Lando's podcasting. There were Padron. There were other parts in the movie where I was like that meme, the butterfly meme, and I was like, is this fun? But it wasn't actually. And the rest, I was just like, this is stupid. Is this that's, an ocean? That's my solo review. <laughs> um, cool. Well, on that really positive note. Yeah, sorry, everyone. <laughs> we didn't enjoy solo. So yeah, let's, let's get to, to things that we did enjoy. <laughs> Oops. Uh, <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> <laughs> this is Rose Hodgins signing off now. Uh, I didn't know you guys didn't want me on this episode. <laughs> Next week. Oh, it's funny because we don't like Heath. Yeah, that's the joke. No, we like Heath. What is, what is with people not getting jokes this week? God. <laughs> it is like a theme of the week, and I'm over it. Oh my gosh. Jokes are good, everybody. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of jokes, Cornhorn, an idiot, runs <laughs> down to Gantoris' room where the other trainees and Luke are already gathered. He immediately goes into Corsac mode upon seeing Gantors' very dead and very burned body. And randomly, 14 chapters in, we're suddenly reading a murder mystery. <laughs> Thank goodness. This is just like Practical Magic. Um, that that movie, is Practical Magic. It's a movie with Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman and their witches. And first you think it's about being sisters, but really it's a murder mystery. Oh. Yeah, but no one told me it was a murder mystery or I would have watched it much sooner. <laughs> kind of like um, Psycho. Yeah, like I thought it was a love story, so I was like, pass, but no, there's murder. Anyway. You know, if anyone went into Psycho thinking it was a romance or whatever, they, they were going to be let down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luke tells him that none of the trainees could have done this because everybody was surprised and shocked. Corn was less surprised, but Luke knows he wouldn't murderize anyone like this. He'd do it in a much more subtle way so he could get away with it. <laughs> You're a cop. You know how to get away with things. Yeah, murder. Ugh, that's too close to home. But wouldn't Corrin yeah. know that Luke would think that, and therefore Corrin Ooh. would try to get away with it this way? Oh, no. Ooh, that's it's not. the wine in front of me, ban- gan- Gambit, not Bandit. Wow. What now? It's oh, it's reference oh. to the Princess Bride thing um, with the wine with the poison in it. Um, it's a reference. Oh yeah. To that, it's used in the, in mafia games. Um, if someone uses that argument. I've never seen Princess Bride. I went to a weird niche nerd area there. I'm sorry. Sounds good. Um, I used to play Mafia a lot. I kind of miss it. That's a good game. <gasps> Bless you. It's so good. Yeah. Corn remarks that the state of the body shows that Gantoris was burned from the inside out. They decide it was probably the Shadow Man that he had seen in his dreams and would lead him into his ruin. At first, Gantoris thought it could be Luke, but as 
that doesn't make any sense. Why did I write that? But at the hot <laughs> spring, that makes more sense. But at the hot spring, he knew it wasn't. They assume the shadow man is none is the other teacher Gentorus had found on Yavin 4. The Corn- shadow man. The shadow man. Sounds like it's on Riverdale. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Corin is going Wait, to if continue- I just imagine this book as Riverdale, like it might actually so make, it, it might actually make actually. it better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll start reading again now. Yeah, <laughs> uh Corin is going to continue his investigation into the Shadow Man and how Gantorus was killed. <laughs> Meanwhile, Luke will focus on using the holocron to educate the trainees more about the Jedi legacy to hopefully keep the temptation of the dark side and whoever is out there using it at bay. Corn goes and finds Tioni in the library talking to Bodo Boss on the holocron. She's crying and Corn holds her to comfort her and tells her that something this horrible won't happen at the Academy again. Sometimes when I'm reading this, I have a really hard time remembering that Corin is married. Yeah, so does he. Oh, right. That happened. But the thing is, like, the way that he writes this, like, before when we were reading Corin, like, every time he encountered a woman, like, he was very thirsty for her. But, like, it's not there anymore. Like, there's never any observations about, like, how she wants him. That's true. So that's Mm -hmm. how we know that he's married, because he's not thirsty anymore. Mm, Because others aren't thirsty for him anymore. Right, yeah, that. Yeah, they can sense it (laughs) on him. You put that ring on, and suddenly you just don't exist. Isn't that kind of the opposite, though? Anyway. (laughs) Depends on what you're into. (laughs) Maybe it's dad's. Anyway. um, (laughs) Tiani has a moment of insecurity. Well, Corrin's not a dad yet, so it's... Not yet. He's going to be, because remember, he decided that he's going to be. Yeah. Oh, right. That that was a whole thing. (laughs) After he was manipulated into doing it. Oh, he he knows they'll line up. Right. <laughs> Back before this was a murder mystery and it was like a sitcom. Yeah, great. Um, Tony has a moment of insecurity when Corin is immediately ready to start his in- investigation, but he assures her that he doesn't think that she is weak at all. He lets her probe his mind a little. I can't. And she sees every her time. <laughs> every time they probe each other, I just can't. <laughs> She reminds him that he has friends there, and that when he's ready to open up, they'll be ready to listen. For the time being, Corrin asks Tioni to help him ask Bodo Boss about the Masasi and Yavin 4. Gantoris' death did solidify the other Jedi trainees together, so I guess that's a plus. They felt more like equals and heartily celebrated everyone's accomplishments, no matter how small. That was a team bonnie exercise then. Yeah, the murder. <laughs> In her studies, Tioni discovers that Corin's ineptitude with telekinesis is a Halcyon family trait. <laughs> oh, good job. They're often said throughout history how they don't have a talent for it, but are too stubborn to run when they should. So they're often rear guards and give up their lives because of it. Wow, what a genetic trait to have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's real specific. <laughs> That's like, it's not really like a thing that would get passed on. I don't. Seems yeah, like well, I just yeah, I like the kids. idea that not only is like the force passed through generations, but like how you use the force and what you're good at and what you suck at is also passed on through genetics. <laughs> I mean, those those Skywalkers are good at flying, mm. and also good at being like the worst. Wait. Also good at destroying <laughs> the lives of Wait. everybody around them. When, <laughs> when you said when you said flying, the thing I thought of was not what I think you meant because I was like, have we seen anyone other than Leia fly? No, that's not what I meant at all. Okay. 
Corrin starts sending out scouting parties to map more of the planet and investigate areas. One day, he, Cam, and Brackus go to the Blue Leaf Temple, the one with the glowing crystal that's probably super evil. When they get there, they see the entrance isn't blocked, but as they enter, there's nothing to suggest Gantoris had been there because everything looks undisturbed. They go deeper into the temple until they find the blue crystal. As they approach, Brackus wants to touch it. <laughs> reading in the report that you can am, feel... Am I Brackus? Yes, reading in the report that you can feel the sticky energy it gives off. Oh, yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> But everybody else knows it's a bad idea. Obviously. (laughs) As they look, they see swirling, distraught faces. Oh, no. Corrin swears he sees fallen comrades, and it isn't until he sees Gatoris' face that he exclaims and moves away. Brackus claims he didn't see anything, but Cam saw others. He also mentions they've been staring at it for a good 15 minutes, even though they all feel like it's only been a couple they super calmly and very patiently, coolly flee the Blue Leaf Temple. <laughs> I like the image of them all just like walking very quickly, but like trying to act super casual. Yeah, super cash. <laughs> yep. As they walk back, Brackus is just thrilled with the sticky crystal. <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> I'm definitely Brackus. <laughs> he wants to be that powerful <laughs> to create works of art with the Force. To be able to reach up into the sky from the planet and tear out the heart of the Death Star. Whoa, that's intense. It's a lot. Corin grabs him and yells about how he's saying the ends justify any of the means, even using the dark side of the Force. Kim agrees, although more gently, and tries to help Brackus understand that power like that is hollow and intent changes with time. Thinking you can stay uncorrupted, but still dabble in the dark side is folly. Brackus wants to believe them, but some part of him can't. He still thinks there has to be a time where yielding the dark side might be the right thing to do. Oh my god, he's like all the Sith lovers on Twitter. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> you just called out like a third of our fans. Yeah, I did. <laughs> really I realized did. that the moment I said it. The Sith lovers. <laughs> <laughs> they are out there. They sure are. They, yeah, they, they definitely are. <laughs> okay, the next chapter. Wedge shows up on Yavin 4 with Dr. Quizux, the newest recruit, and the newest recruit, Kip Duran. Hey, I know who, that name. Yeah, thanks, Nerf. Who is extremely eager to learn the ways of the Force. While everyone else unloads the cargo, Corrin gets to show Wedge and Qui to their quarters. Corin is not pleased to hear that Quizux was one of the top researchers inside the Imperial installation inside the Maw, a.k.a. she helped make Death Stars, World Destroyers, and the Sun Crusher, and other weapons of super mass destruction. Nice. Because at this point we've had like seven of them. Oh, yeah. oh no, I love her. I love her already. Gosh. He's even less pleased to hear that Wedge has a crush on her. Big same, buddy. <laughs> I have a big crush on Wedge. Corrin warns him against falling for someone he's bodyguarding, having done it himself with unsuccessful results. But Wedge is a big boy and can pilot his own course through this one. Hmm. He can't. Um, has she yeah. like been we, recently as we've widowed? Seen, <laughs> Wedge has lots of success with these sorts of things. Wedge definitely knows what he's doing when it comes to women, is what I've learned from this book series. Oh, no. 
Which apologizes that there's no news on Mirax. Is Queezox a human? No, not really. She's humanoid. Okay. Oh. Is she an android? No. Oh. Not quite your type, Seth. <laughs> hey, okay. No, to be fair, my type is like morally gray, almost evil scientists. So she I is. That is definitely that. It's just a big bonus up there in Android. Oh no. Oh no, she has blue skin. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Saf. It's all over for you. Yep, there we go. She's Definitely. Gonna die. Um, after Kip shows how skilled at the Force he is, Luke pours all of his attention into his training, partly because Kip reminds him of himself, but also to make because it could make up for the loss of Gantoris. Cam is left to train the other trainees, and he does a very good job. Cam's real hot. Um, <laughs> he just seems really responsible. <laughs> I love you. Oh, jeez. Korra is allowed to start lightsaber training with Cam. He likes the feeling of the lightsaber, can feel his grandfather's spirit there, <laughs> and it just might break Korra's final wall to the Force. So that he can telekinesis things? Yeah. They start with remote training. Korra blocks the first shot, gets hit with the second, and then blocks the third one, narrowly missing it, deflecting it almost into Cam. Korn's force sphere of awareness is about two meters, and Cam adjusts the remote to four meters. Korn's sphere of responsibility needs to be larger. I think a lot of people's spheres of responsibility need to be larger. That's true. Cam asks if Korn is jealous of the attention Kip is getting. He says he isn't, that he's fine with being second best, but, he's con- but he is concerned with making sure he does his best rather than beating someone else's. Sure, Jan. Yeah, yeah, because right. you've always been fine with being really sick and based. That is that. definitely yeah. a thing. What was that with Bro Jace? You had that <laughs> going on. They are just friends. What I'm just um? You right now. What's so? What's the deal with? I mean, I know Kip is a popular. Well, is Kip is a, Kip is a character from Legends that at least yeah. one individual stands very hard. <laughs> but like, why is he so gifted with the Force? Is that like, is there history there we need to know, or is it just like? He's very gifted with the force. End of story. He's just very gifted with the force. Okay. Um, he goes after mm, through the prog. So this book coincides with the timeline of the Jedi Academy trilogy, in which Kip is one of the main characters. Got it. But as of right now, like his backstory, we don't really we don't need to know. Isn't we just know that he's powerful in the force. Isn't the Jedi Academy trilogy? The story Very of Luke's good. Jedi Academy, which isn't that where we are right now? Yes. Uh, so it's oh, so it's like other yeah. things that are happening mm-hmm. at the academy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Because um, we'll see. This isn't really a spoiler, but Corn will leave the Jedi Academy. Gotcha. Um, and the um, no, um, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, I'll explain everything in due time. <laughs> Thanks, Rogue Leader. Welcome. Kip is proving himself to be too good, which does give Corrin hope that the Jedi Order could actually be rebuilt. But Kip keeps himself closed off to most people, and Corrin has to back off, even though he really wants to be bros. While studying the holocron, they find out that the Sith Lord Exar Kun, a fallen Jedi, had come to Yavin 4, enslaved the Masasi, and forced them to build the temples as a way to increase his power. The Old Republic Jedi eventually came and were able to defeat him during the Sith War. His name sounds extremely familiar, and yeah. I feel like I've... Exar Kun. 
He's he's yeah. another like one that's been mentioned in Legends. He's like a famous yeah. Legends character. I feel like yes. this this section was just like so much exposition. It, yeah. This is like where I felt like Legends was really getting bogged down in its history. See, I feel like I know Ixakun just because it's old Republic stuff <laughs> and the yeah. Sith War, and I that's like the only era of Star Wars I actually know. Yeah. Um, Korn's investigation into Gantoris' killer hasn't gotten any farther than when he started. He's convinced that there's an active intelligence that that was responsible for instructing and then murdering Gantoris. Unfortunately, that means it would be someone so powerful in the Force they'd be able to mask their presence from Luke and the trainees. What if it's Luke? Exar Kroon is at the top of the list. (laughs) Luke Luke did go to the dark side recently. Listen, Exar Kroon is at the top of the list. Although Corrin is unsure that his spirit could really hang out for four millennia. I mean, Darth Bane did it. He doesn't know who Darth Bane is. He does, honestly. In fact, I don't. A um, lot of a lot of Star Wars nerd boys, probably. Oh, great. Just like Corrin. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Corrin is such a Star Wars nerd boy. Super is. Yep. Corrin is getting better with his force powers. His sphere of responsibility can now extend up to a city block. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Bigger than mine. Which is a unit of measurement in the Star Wars galaxy. <laughs> sure is. He has also learned that the better he knows someone, the easier it is to put images in their head. If it's complicated or if it's a stranger, it doesn't work so well. Everyone gathers one afternoon to listen to Tiani's new ballad about Nomi Sunrider, a Jedi who played a crucial part in the Sith War. Halfway through the song, Kip gets up and chides Tiani for perpetuating revisionist history because Exar Kun just tried to make the Jedi Order great again. What? Oh, no. Oh, no. Kip, can you not, buddy? He has a red hat on right now. I'm going to go make that hat right now. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to put it on Kip? <laughs> yes. Nerf's going to be real mad. So mad. <laughs> Luke asks Kip where he learned about this. But Corrin already knows the answer. Exar Kun himself. Kyle, that's not his name. <laughs> uh, you can also tell when I do show notes on my iPad because there's way more typos. <laughs> there's so many E's that are actually fours and it's great. Yeah. I mean, there was a long period of time before I was reading Legends, but when I was on Star Wars Twitter that I thought Kip Duran and Kyle Katarn were the same person. So. Oh, they are. <laughs> same. <laughs> I mean... Not wrong, really. <laughs> Kip, Kylo, Kyle, who knows? Yeah. Same dude. Okay, Kip continues to insult Luke by saying they're being taught by someone who doesn't know any more than they do. Luke asks again where Kip learned this, and he lies and says the holocron. Before Corrin can call him out on it, R2 comes in and lets them know they have an incoming ship. Mara Jade arrives, oh. and Kip doesn't like it. These chapters were just like the Legends chapters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, let's bring in every character from Legends. It's good. Luke lets Corrin show her around the temple and help her find quarters. They butt heads for a moment, Corrin questioning her loyalty since he knows she was once the oh, Empress hand. Oh my god. But Corrin. then he... <laughs> Don't worry. Then he realizes he's a dummy and apologizes. He offers his hand and introduces himself as Corrin Horn, an idiot. <laughs> Mara accepts, realizing that this is what she was suspicious of, because Kiran, or Kieran didn't feel right to her, but she couldn't detect any deceptions from Luke. She remarks that she wonders if Mirax was killed, and he's at the temple to learn how to find out what happened. Mirax is one of the best smugglers around, so people like her notice, yeah, so people like Mara notice when they disappear for more than a couple weeks. It means either they got something big or they're dead. Great. 
Ah, good. Amazing. Thanks. Very reassuring, Mara. Um, Corrin admits that's exactly it, except Mirax isn't dead, just kidnapped and probably in, in hibernation. So, uh, so anyone around her better be careful when Corrin finds her. Luke, obviously crushing real hard, tasks, tasks Corrin into making a special dinner to welcome Mara to the temple. <laughs> but you're not allowed to use telekinesis to do it. No, and make sure there's plenty of chopped chocolate. <laughs> Although not a great cook, he has learned the secrets to making fine cuisine. Keep portions small. Give the dish an exotic name that implies it has exotic spices. Oh, my God. <laughs> Serve food that should be cooked raw and food that should be hot, cold, and tell them that you made it special for them. That's how you give someone uh, food poisoning, this buddy. Is, this Like, okay, Corin's done a lot of bro things. This might be the most <laughs> bro thing of them all. Like yeah, make a right. super like make macaroni and cheese, but give it an exotic name so that people think that it's fancy. <laughs> and make sure you don't boil the mac. Yeah, macaroni and you don't and melt cheese. the cheese. Yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so bad. It's crunchy. <laughs> I'm just imagining raw pasta mixed with just a bag of shredded cheese. <laughs> oh, you know he did it. <laughs> it was like crushed red peppers mixed in there to make no. it taste exotic. Slice, slices of Velveeta. <laughs> <laughs> cubes. You have to cubes of Velveeta. And he, he microwaved them. <laughs> Listen, microwave Velveeta is how you're supposed to heat up Velveeta. <laughs> Listen. Wow, Meg just outbroed Heath, which actually okay. isn't that surprising. Okay, wow. I am not ashamed of how much Velveeta I ate as a level, Filipino Level child. up, Meg, level up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> after Corrin sets everything up, Kip comes storming out of the dining room. Corrin goes after him and tries to stop him, but Kip pushes him back with the Force. Corrin warns him that the Jedi need to act responsibly, not just act, but Kip doesn't hear it. The spirit of Exar Kun is working through Kip and hits Corrin hard with a full blast of the Force. He's able to make enough of a shield to defend himself, but he still passes out. When he awakes to Luke and the other trainees, he realizes they had no idea what happened, making it obvious to Corrin that Exar Kun could have definitely fried Gentaurus with no one knowing. Corrin and Luke speak in private, and Corrin has a point for once. He isn't just jumping to conclusions, assuming Exar Kun or someone using his name and power is involved. The relationship between Luke and Corrin is very strange in this whole book. It's weird. Like, Corrin is like his student, but also like clearly Luke is just like consulting with him on everything. Yeah. Like Corrin's kind of playing the BFF role too, I feel like. Yeah. So I am genuinely surprised that Exakun is actually like an important character in this book. Right? <laughs> like I didn't is. I knew like well, I mean I guess, but like I knew Exakun was like someone that people who like this era knew about, but I never really Considered the fact that he might pee in a book in this era. I know you said be in a book, but it sounded like you said pee in a book. <laughs> yeah, it, I, 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 hey, I, I honestly was tuning out for a second, peeing. but then heard that and thought it was pee, and I was like, oh, what's happening? I hope, I hope thing. <laughs> oh yeah, we're just, we're just switching bees to peas and vice versa now. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> Um, I Bodrin. Bodrin. <laughs> Listen. Shh. Um, Luke insists on doing his own investigation into Exar Kun's history on Yavin 4, 
And Corrin calls Luke out on maybe thinking that he could turn him away from the dark side. He chides Luke for believing that he needs to make up for not saving his father, that he has to prove himself that he did everything possible, but still wouldn't have been able to keep him alive. Corrin gets it because that was him after his father's death. Mm. Corrin tells Luke that Kip needs help and that he can't let his uncertainty about his past cloud his vision of the present. Luke smiles, agreeing that this was a conclusion he had come to before Kip had even kicked his ass. He asks Corrin to stay out of Kip's way for now. What a mistake. (laughs) Kip steals Mara's ship in the middle of the night. Mara is livid. And Luke knows if Kip, Luke doesn't know if Kip will come back, but he has to calm the other students. Corrin tries to tell Mara to calm down, but he doesn't get it. He's had a plotted course through his life, but the ship was all that Mara had in the galaxy that was turned upside down on her. Now she's stuck there without her lifeline, not sure if this is what she's supposed to be doing. Thankfully, another supply ship will arrive in a week, and until then, she can try to learn from Luke. So I really like Mara Jade in this book. Yeah, she's good. She's a good, like, balance for these other ridiculous personalities. And, like, a good <laughs> dose of reality for Corin, mm-hmm. who is just always like, I had one really terrible experience, and everything is awful. And she's like, mm, bitch, please. But in a, pitch, in a nice please. way. Yeah, pitch, pitch, <laughs> pitch please. please. <laughs> pitch, please. <laughs> pitch, please. That sounds like a Star Wars character, actually. It actually does. Yeah. Mara's having an okay time kicking Corrin's butt and runs, getting special training attention from Luke. Special training attention. Yeah, training with his dick. They're doing um, it! <laughs> and getting some extra lightsaber training, oh gosh, with Cam and Corrin. Silgal, the Force-sensitive ambassador from Mon Calamari, arrives to train at the temple as well bringing news of the New Republic's continued fight against the Empire and the unsuccessful campaign of Admiral Dalla to try to take the Mon Cala homeworld. R2 comes to is get this, Corrin. Is this a plot that's described more in another Legends book? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which one do I have to read for that? That is the Je- Jedi that's Academy. That's in Jedi Academy. Okay. Yeah. Great. R2 comes to get Corrin and takes him back to Luke's chambers. He sees a melted puddle of metal on the ground, and Luke explains that he was trying to talk to Vodo Boss the former master of Exar Kun. After Luke had found out Exar murdered him, the holocron melted. Cool, 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 cool. Totally normal. Yeah, all that right, doesn't that's... seem like a problem at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely holocrons totally melt on their own. That seems fine. Oops, fine. All right. Corrin asks if Exar Kun is their guy, and Luke would prefer to think that is just someone who found out about him and fashions himself as the new Dark Lord of the Sith. Corrin says Kip is the obvious candidate, but Luke should really be focusing on the trainees he has rather than the feeling that he failed Kip. Kip had been a slave all of his life. He grew up on Kessel. Um, So now that he knows how powerful he is and that he can make his own decisions, he's making a lot of wrong ones and is easily tempted by the power. Corrin suggests that although all of the temples were erected by Kuhn, why did I choose that word? (laughs) Why, Vic? Why? (laughs) The temple they're in isn't the main source of his power. He asks Luke to have all the trainees turn in their observation logs, and he can go over Dorsk 81s to see if there's any likely hangouts for Kip or whoever is tapping into Exar Kun's power. Corrin and Mara are still training, Cam not letting them take it easy. 
It's a team task in total darkness except for their lightsabers, with eight remotes whirling around them. Mara gets taken down, and Corin lasts long enough to protect her from some bolts, but then loses his footing and goes down as well. Kim stops the exercise, saying that they did well, but not well enough. Mara asks why Corin allowed himself to get shot in the hand to prevent her from getting shot in the face. I wonder. He explains that he thinks of her as a friend, and then she admits that she does trust him. And he also says that it was because he knew that he could defend her, so it was his duty to do so. That's how he's always lived his life. There are times sacrifice just seems right, but everyone needs to judge for themselves. And a Jedi's path is not easy. So I hate most things involved that Corrin is involved in, but I do kind of like this friendship that has started. And I hope we see more of it in future books. Yeah. Mara is a good person to be friends with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially, I feel like with Corrin specifically, she balances his character really yeah. well. And Absolutely. I think I also like it because they're both too, like original characters and so it's cool to see like original characters being fleshed out to the point where we have like these big enough personalities where they can develop their own relationships outside of mm. relying on the the big three yeah totally um luke and corin face off in a lightsaber sparring match luke knows that corin is about to well luke thinks that corin is about to leave as well and it weighs on him mar left with han and Lond- londo <laughs> that's not his name <laughs> it's han and londo <laughs> Now that we know the entire origin story of Lando calling Han Han. Yeah, it's Uh... Han and Lando. (laughs) Han and Lando. Uh. (laughs) The dropout rate of the Academy is not good. Mara had decided to leave because she had learned what she needed to, how to tap into the light side rather than the dark to fuel her skills. Because she is extremely skilled. She does not need to be there to learn how to use the Force. She's off to go run the Smuggler's Alliance, as asked of her by Talon Card. She asks Corrin to look after Luke for her, in exchange of letting him know any news of Mirax from her contacts. Luke is still hearing, healing from his brush with the dark side, and he's going to try to do too much too fast. He's a soft boy, and needs the support and love of his friends. Aww. Thankfully, Corrin isn't planning on leaving, as Luke feared. He just thought some physical workout would be a good outlet for Luke. Also, there are things Corrin can only learn against a living opponent, but Cam does not have the control to safely spar with Corrin just yet. They beat each other up for a while, until they get to the heart of what's going on. Luke doesn't have to shoulder all of the responsibility. The terrible thing he senses coming toward them doesn't need to be solved by just himself. He's been treating the trainees like children, and while they are when it comes to the Force skills, they are actually all adults. Their tests have been focused on their skills, not their character, and all of the failures that have happened have been ones of character. If they are never allowed to fail, never have practice on how to recover and make amends, then they'll be wholly unprepared for the responsibility of protecting the galaxy because you cannot always win the way you want. Luke can't just think anymore. He has to act. If he doesn't, disaster will befall all of them. Well, that's very nice. And that's where we're going (laughs) to end that week. (laughs) Very oh, optimistic. Dear. Oh, dear. Ominous. It's super fine. Everything seems super fine. Yeah. <laughs> Steph, are you ready for this? I am not. I'm looking at these and I am not ready. <laughs> so, <laughs> our last listener question was <laughs> A terrible probably question. the best one we've ever... I mean, it could go either way, I guess. <laughs> it's 
either terrible or the best one ever. I'm going to go with the best It was ever. the first time it, that it didn't have anything to do with the chapters that we read, which was a milestone, yeah. I think. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, we, have, we have crossed that barrier now, so never expect us to do questions relating to the reading ever again, I think. Yep, we've, we've destroyed it. <laughs> um, we asked you, <laughs> what animal sound would you like Saf to make on the next episode? That's not a horse or a dolphin. Oh, God. Because she's already done those. And Why did I agree to this? I don't think you did. Yeah, you, I, no, you don't. You never I didn't. Had a choice. <coughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Um, now, we still get to answer this question, too, oh, if I'm right. not mistaken. Oh, no. Right. Yes. Yes, we do. So, Saf, right. do you want to go first? No, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to. Are you passing this week? No, every, everyone has to answer the listener question. That's just how it goes. <laughs> Can I just be me coughing? Because, like, I really need to cough. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. <coughs> there you go. That's, uh, that's a good, good start. Amazing. Nice. nice. Can you please make a beluga whale sound? What does a beluga whale sound like? Whatever you think a beluga yeah. sounds yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's cute. I actually Aww. like that very much. Thank you, Seth. You're welcome. Seth, do a rattlesnake. Uh. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, that I was hate really it. good. Keith actually just jumped up and looked <laughs> around when he did that. Seth, we're no longer friends. It was <laughs> too accurate. You're a quiz. Uh, it was a test, and you failed. Oh, I'm oh, you were, sure. You were too good at the snake noise. I didn't actually think I'd be good at it. Seth, I'd like you to make a puffin sound. Can you describe what a puffin sound sounds like? I can't, I, but you should Google it if you if you want. Because no, it sounds kind of like a pork. Yeah, kind of. Eh. Kind of? Is it like a well, little? Wait, Danny, was that your impression of a puffin sound? No, puffins are like, they're, they're like surprisingly low. They're like. <laughs> puffin or indecisive Danny, you decide. Um, so it's kind of like a pork, but lower? Yeah. Like a. It's <laughs> okay. a weird sound. Good. It sounds Good. like a pork having sex, really, if we're being honest. I don't know what that sounds like, Danny. Danny does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There you go. That's my attempt. Well. All right. Now the actual listener responses. Jay said, "I want Saf to imitate Scrooge McDuck, except he's a rebel admiral like Akbar. That's right, a Scottish duck admiral." Okay. For the record, That's I may be lot. able to be animals, but I can't do accents, so this is a bad <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> I don't know how to do a Scottish accent at all. I could just be a duck. That's fine, because animals don't have accents. So, <laughs> okay, actually, there's a lot of research about this. Oh, Danny, don't do it! Don't do it! <laughs> actually, so I knew you, I knew you were gonna. I was hoping you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to tell you about it someday. <laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna be a duck. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, he Heath kinda laughs like a duck. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wait. Okay. How were you insulted by that? <laughs> it is insulting to say that someone's laugh sounds like a duck. <laughs> <laughs> what ducks are beautiful creatures. To be fair, ducks are my favorite bird. There are lots of creatures who are beautiful, but if I said you sounded like it, <laughs> it would kind of be insulting. Anyway, Dark Sapien said, I'd like Saf to imitate a rooster as an homage to Korn's reaction to Gantorus, Bro Jace, or any other rival bro he encounters. Ooh. 
Oh, a rooster, huh? Um, oh, God, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> that was a horse. <laughs> oh, what was that? Have you I heard know. a rooster before? Yes, I, I just, like, it's hard to be a rooster. Like, kind of, like, it's kind hard of to be a rooster. Right? <laughs> Roosters? <laughs> Danny, Danny, that has to be the episode title. It's hard to be a rooster. <laughs> Um, roosters like sound different thing. in different countries too, right? Because in America they say cock a doodle doo, but in different countries they say different things. All right, let's go cock a doodle doo. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Odie yeah. McOakface said for Saf's animal noise repertoire, the best bird to come out of New Zealand, the kakapo? Kakapo. Kakapo. The kakapo, they are really good birds. Unfortunately, I don't know what they sound like, so I'm going to assume based off of their rotundness and the fact that they are extremely green and just go. That's the sound. There we go. It's cockapo now. And no American can argue with me. That's fair. Greg said, I want to hear Sass meow. Specifically, I want to hear her spud impression. Who's spud? Okay, her so cat. Her spud is uh, the house cat. My flat. Okay. Um, he is the worst cat. And I do meow at him a lot, so I do actually mock him a lot. Um, he kind of does these, like, pathetic... <laughs> no, that's a bad spud. I don't know. He kind of just... He does these little trip sounds because he can't meow properly. Are you sure? Why does cat? your cat sound like a dog <laughs> or a, a bird? Because he's a broken cat. Like I said, are he you, cannot meow properly. Are you sure the animal living in your home <laughs> is a cat? <laughs> I'm not. Like I've okay. said to people before, I've dropped him. Like, you know when you drop a cat, it lands on all four legs. He doesn't always land on all four legs. So I'm not sure he is a cat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think you should check that DNA and make sure you've got a cat there. Um, <laughs> Greg also made a second request, which normally we wouldn't oblige, but given this response, yes, absolutely. I want to have to make lobster noises. He said. I want to just be like. <laughs> oh, are you like you're clapping your claws? I'm clacking my nippers. Saf, did you? Yeah. Wait, <laughs> wait, what? You hold, on. hold on, back up. Yeah, rewind. What was She's that? Clacking her nippers. The nippers. We've gone through this before. Oh, we have so many potential episode titles. <laughs> clacking the nippers. It's hard to be a rooster. <laughs> oh, this is this is a great idea. We might just ask the same question again this. <laughs> oh no. Okay, but if we do, people have to describe what the sound sounds. This is just a new segment now. <laughs> it's replacing oh, the. Godforsaken solo questions. <laughs> Nick said, I have two answers for the listener question. In universe, I want Saf to do the crate dragon. Oh, God, what did that sound like? It was just like a pathetic man yelling, wasn't it? <laughs> Go for it. I want to hear that. <laughs> that's, the, that's the sound of the internet, everyone. <laughs> And then Nick also said, in the real world, I want a platypus. Ah, oh, I think platypuses are kind of squeaky. They're like... 80% <laughs> of your animal sounds sound like um, the little Ewok fellow. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of animals sound like Ewoks, Danny. His name is Colot. Be respectful. <laughs> Raising fangirls. <laughs> this is my favorite one, I think. A koala in heat. Okay. <laughs> Please, can I YouTube this? Because I want to see if I can actually imitate this. Yeah, okay, give me a second. Absolutely. Yeah, Seth, you definitely need to learn this for later. Yeah, this will come in handy. It will, Wink. <laughs> okay, a koala mating call. Let's look this up. Oh, my God. Oh, no, I regret this. This is a horrible sound. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. 
Uh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited. Uh, 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 what? No, that's not. That's it's, a go. Sound. Like a, uh, 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 sound. It's a horrible sound. I regret looking it up. I'm confused. Okay. It does. It just goes. goes uh, 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 I don't. I don't I like mean, that. Sure, koalas yeah. aren't very. I regret looking noisy. it up. <laughs> This is amazing. I'm so it's glad like we're doing Australia this. was a mistake. Sill said, a rainbow unicorn with sparkly cupcake toes. <laughs> Please. You heard her. <laughs> <laughs> that was the cutest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> ben Newton originally, I think, said one of the animals that we said not to do. So he oh. then considered a replacement animal and said, a hawk screech. Oh, God. I don't think I have the ability to do that. Um, what the hell does a hawk sound like when it screeches? Yeah, we don't have the ability to do this podcast, but we do it anyway. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. Perfect. Uh, Perfect. My whole body hurts. Danny, do it. Danny, do a hop. It's like whenever you and any Western movie, whenever they're panning no, over the camera. Don't explain it. Do it. It's, That's way better than mine. Thank okay. you. I I do those for Raptor educational programs. I was like, to be fair, Danny should be better at hawk noises than all of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is something that you should actually have experienced. There was a literal hawk that we met. <laughs> That's true. Right, like Danny is friends with hawks. Yeah. <laughs> Nick said, okay. I, I don't know why we're set. suddenly making fun of my social life, but here we are. We're not. We're just saying no, you should know the thing, most Danny. about Hawk. <laughs> At least I didn't say that's what your laugh sounds like. Cool. <laughs> Nick said, I want Saf to make the sound of a turtle having sex. Look at really, YouTube I'm, for a source. I extremely hate that I know what this sounds like already. Oh, no. You don't even have to look it up. <laughs> I don't. This is my favorite it, fact it sounds, about Saf so sound far. Like Old men having sex. It's the worst thing ever. Do we wanna do we wanna know more about how you know what that sounds like? Um so at Armageddon, which is the expo we have. Oh, there's here, an answer. Just like uh, straight up. No, I have a zookeeper yeah. without hesitation. She's just going right for it. Okay. No, I have a zookeeper friend that thought it would be really funny to show in me and my friend because we were staying in a room with her. And it was funny, um, but also horrific. So it does kind of just sound like an old man just like going, hey, Okay, but yeah. Danny, Danny's question oh, no. was, how do you know that's what an old man having oh, sex Oh, an old man having like. sex? I mean, you just kind of... And you immediately were like, oh, yeah, I know because <laughs> I was in a room and, you know, stuff was happening. So Listen, <laughs> a lot of things... <laughs> having sex through walls, Listen, honestly. A lot of things happen at conventions. It's so. true. You're right. Wait, I, Saf, I need you to do the sound again, though. Ah, uh, Okay. I don't, like, I don't like that at all. <laughs> I hate that that sound is coming out of my throat. <laughs> That's what she said. Yep. Oh, Ian Miller said, I'd like to request that Saf do the voice of Hiram Off Mantuin Mantuin's Wookiee driver. Oh, oh. Can I do like a adolescent Wookiee? Yeah. Of course. Okay. <gasps> okay, no, that's a hawk. <laughs> It's also an adolescent Wookiee, God. Oh, no. <laughs> well, let's keep going. Uh, and finally, Rach said, I'd love to hear Seth's fantail impersonation, a small kiwi bird with angry, angry eyebrows. Oh, my God. I love fantail so much. Like, can I do like a... <laughs> kind of sound. 
They're just like smooching into the camera. Yeah, yeah like you're making the kind of make little anything? like smoochy sounds. It's a little like tweety. I don't know. They're kind of like I don't know. I used to mock them. They're really cute. They're like really friendly. If you like do that sound at them, they'll come up to you. It's it's fantails are the best. Cute. Right. Oh god. Um, listening Bodhi to raising fangirls for koala and heat. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for making me listen to Koala and Heat. Yeah. Just exiting the show. For doing this. Aww. And a glistening attack of the clones Anakin Skywalker to Dinner Leader for not answering the question this week. <laughs> God, Dinner wow, Leader. You're just collecting them over there. What are you going to do with that pile of <laughs> attack of the clones Anakin? <laughs> Pretty useless to have more than one of. <laughs> or one of. Yeah. <laughs> to have any number of, really. <laughs> Um, what are we asking this week? This is your responsibility, Heath. Is it? Something it can't be if I didn't do the reading. <laughs> really Something about the be. sphere of responsibility. Oh, yes. Good. I like that. I don't know what the question is, though. What What measurement what? is your sphere of responsibility? <laughs> um, <laughs> if you smashed your sphere of responsibility, what do you find inside? Yeah, I like it. I don't know what it means, but I'm into it. Like, I am really curious to see what people say for this. <laughs> a bunch of glistening M-trays. More tiny spheres of responsibility. <laughs> a giant pile of glistening Attack of the Clones Anakin. <laughs> just oh, dozens no. of them. They're just bumping into each other. <laughs> So yeah, that's your question this week, listeners. If you smashed, if you like threw your sphere of responsibility onto the ground and it shattered, what would be inside? (laughs) (laughs) All right, listeners, hit us up on Twitter at RoguePodron with your answers. Email us, RoguePodron at gmail.com. Subscribe via the RoguePodron feed on iTunes or the Far Far Away Radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBrenner, or Google Play. Leave us a nice review. Leave us a nice rating because it helps other listeners find us. For God knows whatever reason they listen to us. And we actually have an iTunes review for someone. Yay, I'm hungry. I'm I'm so hungry for these stars. We got nom, five nom, stars. Nom, nom. Great podcast with welcoming host by William Ulom. I'm so sorry if I say your name wrong, my pal. I first found out about Rogue Podron when Heath went and photoshopped my Twitter profile picture to include Zuvio in it. But I didn't <laughs> start listening until The Courtship of Princess Leia Podron, which oh I could gosh. not believe was an actual book. Same. Same. Pal. Yeah. <laughs> After that, I went back and listened through all of the episodes. Oh, oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is good. We we like when yeah. people listen to our podcast. Yeah, this do. is good. This is good. Now I look forward to listening each new episode. Aww. The hosts are all welcoming, and the banter between them is just perfect. With so much hate being spewed across the Star Wars fandom, this group rises above it all and produces such a joy to listen to. Oh no! <laughs> Daddy, Meg, Seth, and Heath plus nine, nine and Brancy. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy and Brian. Oh, uh, William remembered me. <laughs> when they are on. Oh, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Danny, Meek, Seth, and Heath, plus Nancy and Brian, when they are on, show off the best the Styles community has to offer and the humorous approach to a very dated series of books that I enjoyed as a child but can now laugh at as an adult. Thank you, William. Oh, uh, now my star that I was about to eat is all soggy from the tears. No. Yeah, they're all happy tears. They're very happy tears. It's okay, that quarter is still dry. Thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you for feeding us, William. Thank, Thank you, William. William. Oh, my gosh. Oh, nice. I'm making a heart with my hands. Aww. That's good for this audio medium. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I described what I was doing. Thank you very much. I'm All right. sitting in a chair, crossing my legs because my bladder is full of hard, sparkling water. <laughs> and I'm oh, no. very mad about it. Listeners, just so you know, this hard, sparkling water is not good. It's bad. bad. Don't do it. It's not good. Just a vodka tonic. You're better off just, like, sucking it up and doing a shot, honestly. Honestly. Hey, we, I mean, I know it's the end of the episode, but we should tell everyone about how we got to hang out last week just because that was really fun it was amazing it if was you cool. follow any of us on twitter yeah, you know about it yeah you 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 all saw it we don't have to pretend they don't know <laughs> they we had know. a really great time seeing each other four days in a row um without having to actually do star wars stuff <laughs> yeah heath and Saf are really good at canoeing we learned <laughs> look i was just sitting in the boat <laughs> yeah, to be to, to be fair, he didn't canoe you, at all. You can't, so. you can't pin any of that on me. He I was, was very good at carrying. So you carried that canoe all the way back. I was. I got very sore the next day. <laughs> I was a spectator, but closer than most of the other spectators to what was <laughs> happening. The other spectator was Meg, who was too sick to go on the canoe ride. And the man who was sitting on a bench. Oh, yeah, that guy who kept telling us. Screaming at us to work together. (laughs) (laughs) We were like, honey, we know. We're trying. We just can't figure out how. It's good life advice. If you want, if any of our listeners want to go back and look at these pictures and also some great video, like Heath's cover of Africa by Toto, um, (laughs) just look at the hashtag of Forever Festival MKE. And it's full of beautiful faces and a lot of smiles. And also, we're the only ones that used it, so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. It's basically just a Rogue Potter and Love Fest. Yeah, which is all that matters. My fave kind of love fest, except for Forever Festivals. They're also good. Also good. Okay, well, next time, we do iJedi chapters 21 through 27. And with that, this is Rogue Potter signing off. Pash out. Pew, pew. That's dead. Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off. Oh, happy Father's Day to Halhorn. I bless the rains down in Africa. Oh, right. This will be out Father's Day, and we didn't do anything for it. Oh, Damn. such a fail. Anyway. Well, happy- we talked about Corin a bunch, so I feel like that covers it. <laughs> happy Father's Day, Hal. You created this. This was your fault. <laughs>